You too. Thank you for your call. Yes, I I agree with her. Um, Yeah, it has been a long time. Uh, She does have an uphill battle, a long way to go, but I really do feel that... um, She'll be good. She'll be she'll be great for the Supreme Court, and um, you know, hopefully, so too. they treat her with respect and uh, give her the the kindness and the um, I don't know the other word to well, that she deserves. In, in those in the halls of the Supreme Court, they have no choice right. but to give her her propers right. you know, and treat her with respect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, a long time coming. Like that caller said, long time coming. It's been and a long time coming. It's good that that you know every every color uh, gave her what what she what she deserved in that moment. So, NPR News is going to be coming on here in a second, and we mm-hmm. will be back. Please. Callers, call in. We would like to hear your thoughts, but we will be back after this. And you can certainly Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says he is committed to pressing for peace despite Russian attacks on civilians. He also acknowledged how difficult negotiations would be for the Ukrainian people, as NPR's Alyssa Nadworthy reports. Speaking to the Associated Press, Zelensky said every Ukrainian family has lost something and that he will continue to push for peace with Russia because every war needs to end with peace. I'm not sure the Ukrainian people will be satisfied with any kind of peace under any circumstance, he says. It's a huge wound. No one wants to negotiate with a people who tortured this nation, he says, but we don't want to lose diplomatic opportunities if we have them. Zelensky also talked about how important maintaining control of the city of Mariupol is, both for the war on the ground and for negotiations. Alyssa Nadworny, NPR News, Lviv, Ukraine. Ukraine and Russia have conducted a third prisoner exchange, swapping both civilians and military personnel. NPR's Yulian Haida has more from Kyiv. Ukraine's Deputy Prime Minister Irina Verestchuk announced late Saturday that 26 Ukrainians would be headed home from Russian custody in the coming days. It was unclear how many Russians Ukraine released, but the last two exchanges had equal numbers going home on both sides. Prisoner exchange negotiations have stalled over the last week, with Russia accusing Ukraine of changing terms at the last minute. Speaking on Ukrainian television, Verestchuk accused Russia of detaining Ukrainian civilians, including 11 mayors, for an upper hand in the negotiations. Yudan Haida, NPR News, Kyiv. Protests this weekend outside the Starr County Jail on the Texas-Mexico border, where 26-year-old Lizelle Herrera is being held on a murder charge. Authorities say she self-induced an abortion, as Carolina Cuellar reports from Texas Public Radio. Melissa Adjona, who co-founded South Texans for Reproductive Justice, was at the event. She said the arrest is a consequence of Senate Bill 8, which criminalized abortion as early as five weeks and deputized private citizens to sue anyone who provides an abortion or aids and abets a procedure. I mean, they criminalized pregnancy, basically, and and abortion access. And so we knew something like this was bound to happen eventually. There is only one clinic that performs abortions within hundreds of miles of the expanse of Rio Grande Valley. She said this isolation makes it even harder for Valley residents, like Herrera, to access safe abortion services. The case is still under investigation. I'm Carolina Cuellar in Rio Grande City. In Maryland, state lawmakers have overridden Republican Governor Larry Hogan's veto of a measure that expands access to abortion in the state. The bill ends a restriction that only physicians can provide the procedure, enabling nurse practitioners, nurse midwives, and physician assistants to provide it. Democrats control Maryland's General Assembly. You're listening to NPR News. French voters are going to the polls today in the first round of their presidential election. NPR's Eleanor Beardsley reports more than 40% of French voters are expected to cast a protest ballot for a candidate on the far right or far left in the first round. There are strong anti-establishment feelings among voters for this year's presidential election, says political analyst Dominique Regnier. He says those anti-establishment feelings were already brewing in the 2017 presidential race. 
Emmanuel Macron qui n'a jamais été candidat. Emmanuel Macron, qui n'a jamais été un candidat, donc était hors du système. Et Marine Le Pen, qui était contre le système, il dit. Renier dit cinq ans plus tard, Macron a devenu le système. Macron et Le Pen, un leader de la droite, sont neck et neck, heading into the first round. Si Macron faces Le Pen dans le second round, dit Renier, elle pourrait draw enough anti-system votes pour propeller her to victory. Eleanor Beardsley, NPR News, Paris. Voters in Mexico also going to the polls today, voting in a first-of-its-kind referendum in the country. They're deciding whether President Andres Manuel López Obrador should remain in office through the end of his six-year term or step down early. López Obrador himself pushed for the referendum that's only binding if at least 40% of Mexico's electorate votes. He enjoys a healthy approval rating. Critics call the referendum a waste of money. Scotty Scheffler remains in the lead, heading into the final round at the Masters at George's Augusta National. He'll tee off in the final pair later today. I'm Giles Snyder. This is NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include the Pew Charitable Trusts, sharing stories to illuminate data and trends that shape the world today through its podcast, After the Fact. Learn more at pewtrusts.org slash after the fact. On Saturday, April 30th, WMNF is going purple when doves cry. The WMNF special tribute to the one and only Prince. Starring the evening committee, Jeremy Gloff, Ro Joma, Siobhan Philidor, and WMNF's own Scott Elliott with Talk to Mark and DJ Senfler. Plus, special Prince lookalike contest. The party takes place Saturday, April 30th, 8 p.m. at New World Brewery, now at the corner of Bush and Nebraska. Tickets are $20 in advance, $25 at the door. Go to WMNF.org for more info about the show and our COVID-19 protocols. Save the date for this year's Giving Challenge, a 24-hour online fundraising event benefiting Tampa Bay nonprofit organizations like WMNF. With a dollar for a dollar matches of donation in any amount up to $100, represented by the Community Foundation of Sarasota County. And sponsored by the Patterson Foundation, the Giving Challenge takes place from noon on April the 26th to noon on April the 27th. So mark your calendars now and get ready to let the Giving Challenge double your donation to WMNF. Sounds good. <laughs> hey, you are tuned to WMNF here on 88.5 FM. This is the Sunday Forum. My name is Mobili. You were just listening to Miko. Yes. And... We had started out first hour talking about Contagia Brown Jackson, the new justice that yes. was elevated to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also another historic event this week that I'm wondering how widespread is going to become. And that is what happened at Amazon. Amazon workers, that is, decided to form a union for the first time in the country, in the, in the company's history. Uh, New Yorkers, New Yorkers in Staten Island, workers in New Yorkers voted to unionize on Friday. And this was the first successful union drive at the second largest private employer in the United States. Amazon invested heavily uh, in his effort to stop this from happening. Mm. But there is much work to do before workers are paid under a union negotiated contract. Uh, Of course, Amazon has done everything it could think of to try to stop it. Uh, and it's trying again one week after the workers at Amazon in New York City warehouse made history by voting to form the union. The tech giant is calling for a do-over election and filing uh, in a filing they did on the same day, Friday, that lays out 25 objections that form the basis of Amazon's appeal. It is filing to the National Labor Relations Board alleging how the independent federal agency's regional office, which oversaw the election at a Staten Island facility known as JFK-8, unfairly and inappropriately facilitated the Amazon labor union's victory. <laughs> but also Amazon went around trying to scare workers into not going along with filing for this union. And uh, the union organizer, his name was Christian Smalls. 
His name was Christian Smalls. Um, mm. He was a young black man who had been working for Amazon and got fired, but he came back and formed this union. Yeah, and you know, we have been talking about this on previous shows. We talked about it last week. Where do you draw the line when it comes to, you know, having a job and, and trying to make a, a sustainable living mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for yourself? So for me, at my job, when I started back in 2018, I was only getting paid nine fifty an hour. Right. Okay. And I was working three days a week. And then as the wow. years went on, my, you know, my hours went up and my pay went up. But just before I got this pay raise this year, I was only making twelve thirty an hour working five days a week. Wow. And now that they're trying to get minimum wage up to 15 at most companies, mm-hmm, still the living is is unbearable right now. People's rent is going up. Um, Stuff like groceries and stuff is going up. Inflation Mm -hmm. is happening. So where do you get to a point where you pay your workers where they can pay their bills but also live at the same time? You know, we have to find some kind of solution. And these these companies, they're only wanting to pay you between 10 and 12 I'm sorry, but you know how how do you expect someone to live like that? If- well, they're giving their the CEOs millions and bonuses, mm-hmm. not just pay bonuses. Mm-hmm. Yes, so you know that. Do you draw the line? That is ridiculous, and we would like to hear people's thoughts on that as well. Which is call eight one three two three nine nine six six three, and if you want to send us a email or text. Email is dj at wmnf.org or text is 813-433-0885. And we got two callers on the line, so we are going to take these calls. Caller, you're on air. Uh, can I break the rules for just one second? <laughs> yes, Daryl, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Miko. People need to understand the Supreme Court only deals with cases that have to do with uh, where they would be applied to the Constitution of the United States. And there are nine justices, and I look at them as a legal counsel. Mm -hmm. And they look at, do do those cases have any viability to the Constitution? The highest law in this land, uh, they don't. Now, one of your callers talks about no one having... um, qualifications to sit on that that council i beg to differ with him thurgood marshall when he was a lawyer uh dealt with cases one of them were here in the tampa bay area with during the time of segregation with a black teacher and he successfully uh won that case and was appointed later on by president lyndon johnson to the supreme court was a brilliant lawyer, okay? But the Supreme Court only deals with cases that, okay, let's apply this to the Constitution, the highest law of the land. Uh, is, is that is that constitutional? You mm-hmm. always hear that term. Is yeah. this constitutional or is this not a constitutional? And over the years, abortion has come into this. Is that is that legal? Is that constitutional? Uh, women's suffrage the right to vote, really with white women. Can they vote? It used to be a time, and Mr. Miko, you can appreciate this. Mm. If you were a woman and you were married to a man and whatever happened, you got divorced, you were not allowed to own property. (laughs) You were not allowed to vote. Eventually, those cases trickled their way up through the appellate system and got all the way to the final voice of legality. Right. The Supreme Court, and they ruled on that. And guess what? You are allowed to own property. You are allowed to uh, vote. You are allowed many other things because they ruled on that based upon the Constitution, the highest law of the land, that you can do this. But to your other point, and I'm going to shut up and get out of the way, congratulations to those Amazon workers. Isn't it amazing, yeah. amazing uh, Mobili, that... Um, they 
want to fight so hard against you, but you working your tail off to make that company profitable. Right. Yeah, and their their stock is selling like at two thousand dollars a share, but you don't want you don't want to treat them right. Yeah. Goodbye, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> you too. Thank you. Yeah, that that is that's another situ that's another thing that's been happening at these companies. They are not appreciating <laughs> or even acknowledging that a lot of people are tired. They're working long hours and they still are not getting paid like they should. Right. So, and especially given the pandemic, you know, people have had to do some very creative things in their lives yes. just to get to work. Because mm -hmm. now gas has gone up. So people <laughs> who can't drive, they got to do Uber or Lyft, but right. they, even that's gone up. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. or take the bus or whatever, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta look at the bottom line here. And the bottom line is, is if you have people at work who are busting their behinds, working for you and making your company profitable, like Daryl said, and you don't want to pay them what they're worth? Come on. Right. What and you, you want to fight efforts mm -hmm. to make life easier for the worker. Yeah. Let's listen to, let's see if we can get a listen okay. at the story about the Amazon's first union and what it means for organized labor generally. Let's see if we can hear that here on the Sunday Forum. It'll take okay. more of your calls. And once again, someone did call about our texting. Again, you can text us at 833 0885. Yes. Here's the story. What Amazon's first union means for organized labor. If we can get that to play. <laughs> Let's yeah. see. Yeah, we may not be able to do that. Um, it's the DJ's computer. Uh yeah, and I have it. I mean, everything is turned on, so. Okay. Well, we'll probably get to that later, but okay. yeah, once again, I'll keep working on that. We want to hear okay. the story about the Amazon workers, Amazon well, warehouse and uh Christian Smalls was the one who organized them in Staten Island, mm -hmm. and we're wondering if Christian Smalls is going to come here to Florida, going to come here to Central Florida, come here to Tampa. There's a couple of Amazon warehouses here oh, yeah, that needs to be organized. Well. Mm -hmm. And uh, do they all get paid well? Do they get paid uh, based on their hours? Do they get do the, Some people I'm hearing have to camp outside the workplace just to get to work. I mean, <laughs> you know, we, had a, we had an employee at my job who left my job and went to Amazon because yeah. he's getting paid, I think, $26 an hour, okay. maybe, maybe 30 So, yeah, the pay is pretty good that I know of. All right. So... But and a lot of there's a there's a lot to be learned about how Amazon right. works. What workers actually have to do. I understand they use a lot of uh, technology to move around packages inside the warehouse. Right. It's just like working at at at, um, at the post office. I mean, because I used to work at the post oh. office. I was the the mail handler, and you know, I mean, I used my my back a lot. Uh, you know, to because we had to do the. Um, what do you call it? We had to take the the stuff out of the truck. Then we yeah. also had to do the the BMCs, and I mean, mm -hmm. we were just we were <laughs> working to death. But that pay was excellent. But I couldn't I couldn't stay in in that type of work environment because it's just it, it, I won't even go into details of what. But I ended up injuring my back because of it, so I have a herniated disc wow. due to working at the post office, but so it, and they work you to death. It can be dangerous. It can, very dangerous. A lot of times people get injured working there, just like at Amazon, but the difference is uh, I think Amazon treats their workers a little bit better. Huh. I mean, in some places. Yeah. Obviously not in New York, but... Not in Staten Island, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we do have a call on the okay. line, so we it. will take it. Caller, to the Sunday Forum. you're on air. Hello. Hello. Hello again, uh, Mabili and Hello. Queen. Thank you. Uh, I, uh, I I just want to say I'm a supporter of Brown Jackson, Federal Justice Brown Jackson mm -hmm. for the Supreme Court, and I'm glad that she was finally uh, nominated or put into the Supreme Court. I felt that uh, the GOP was... They were very ignorant, but uh, you know, that's they that's their prerogative, you know. Dude. But yes. uh, anyway, whatever the case is, uh, as far as uh, Amazon workers and 
and postal workers and private industry workers. I think that the the uh, the the salary should begin at twenty dollars an hour for everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you, you if you if you if you have to hire less people to give them twenty dollars an hour and assistance with health insurance, at least twenty five percent assistance with health insurance. So be it. Well, I wouldn't say so be it because then that could raise the unemployment rate. Yeah, because <laughs> people have to work at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah, so. well, see, but you see, a lot of times they hire a lot of people and they can't pay $20 an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. You understand? that's right. Mm-hmm. They hire a lot of people to do, to do the work and they just abuse them. Yes, they do. Yes. You know, and, and, uh, like for instance, uh, let me let me give you an example. I'm in favor of this. Up to a million dollars, right? If a person is a millionaire, a one one million dollar millionaire, and opens a business, or a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar person, and opens a business, mm-hmm. and they hire people who they pay $20 an hour and help with help them with health insurance, all right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Either 25% or 50% or whatever, help them with health insurance. Then they, quali- they would qualify under my administration for health, for inst- tax incentives. You see, you mean this business? Is, mm-hmm. This is this country <clears throat> is a capitalist, Christian, and can be philanthropic country. It may never be a Marxist country, all right. But it, if if it lives up to being Christian, then that that is called for. What am I? What am I asking for? Twenty dollars an hour. Okay. Yeah. Fifty percent help 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 with health insurance. Then they qualify for taxes. Yeah. Now, if they're just going to sit back on their, their million dollars, million dollars, or two million dollars, or three million dollars, or or seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, over seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, then they should be taxed accordingly. But if they start a business, this is this, this is because this country is built on. Small businesses. Mm-hmm. This is a right. backbone in this country. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my that's my take on that. Okay. Well, okay. So yes, um, there are some companies that cannot pay, like you said. Um, you know, 20 or more an hour. Obviously, like like I said in the second half of the show, when I started at my job, I I only got paid nine fifty an hour. And I worked my way up to making twelve thirty up until I got my pay raise to fifteen an hour now. So yeah, I know there are some companies that can't do that, but they do need to get to a point where they pay the workers at least a livable, a livable wage, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, or, or yeah, a wage where it is livable. Because you, I mean, at thirty or these workers who are even in their late twenties and up, they can't. They can't live off of nine fifty or ten or even twelve an hour. You got to yeah. be you got to be reasonable when it comes to that kind of stuff. So Especially that's my the cost opinion. of living. I mean, he talks about it being a capitalist country. If the capitalists yeah. would stop gouging everybody every mm-hmm. chance they get, because a lot of the inflation that's going on has to do with the fact that a lot of companies are just raising prices just because they can, just because people are talking about it, it's inflation. Prices are going, well, let's raise this then just because we can. And a lot of times these people who are not paying their workers, they're taking the money for themselves. Exactly. <laughs> so they don't pay the workers. There's a, there's a lot of underhanded stuff going on at these companies that people just don't know about. And so, they use that as an excuse to say, we're not going to pay yep. 15 an hour, let alone 20. We're not even going to pay 12. Yeah. You know, and in some locations, I understand, some rural locations have to work towards the 15 right. an hour. So we started at 12. Mm-hmm. And there's this preponderance of raising 
But with the cost of living being what it is, that's really become unrealistic. It has. You need people to just go ahead and bite the bullet and pay people what they're worth. Yeah, and I mean, if you want work, if you want workers so bad, like you say, when you have these hiring sides, then pay them what they are worth. Right, and you can't keep raising rents <laughs> and and not raising wages. You exactly. can't keep raising the cost of milk and not raise wages. I know milk is what now two. two how much is I bought, it? I pay four dollars for a gallon oh, of milk. My God. And that was supposed to be a sale, even though I probably shouldn't have gone to a convenience store. <laughs> but that's okay. It was still close to that at the family dollar, which gouges you, which hurts poor families. They put a family dollar on every block in the poor community and charge a dollar for every little thing that's not even worth a dollar. You know, and so I think people are paying more at the family dollar than they are. They would pay in stores that actually I mean, that's ridiculous. Put produce di- in there and put more healthy food in there. Four dollars for milk? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I wonder. I, I think <laughs> I think I heard cheese, too, it went up. What is that? That's what four dollars? Maybe you, you got to starve. Katie, you afford breakfast anymore. Go ahead. Call her. You're on yes. the Sunday Forum. Call her. You're on air. Hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, yeah, we got cut off, and I oh, didn't hear the end she, of what you were saying. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what I was saying is that what you had said before about the people need to make uh, twenty dollars. Uh, yeah, it, I understand. There are some companies that can't do that because when I started at my job, I was only making nine fifty, and so an hour, and then it started going up and. Just in, just before I got my pay raise, I was making twelve thirty an hour until I got my raise for fifteen an hour. So I get that there are some companies that can't start out their workers at twenty or more an hour, but they have to get to a point where they make the wage where it's livable because of what's going on in in our world right now. Inflation, rent going up, uh, groceries going up, gas going up. They have to pay their workers at a at a reasonable salary. Nine, ten, or even twelve is not reasonable, in my opinion. And no, that's my thought. It's not reasonable. It's not reasonable. This is supposed to be a Christian based, a country based on Christianity. Right. The Christian thing to do is to pay fairly. Mm-hmm. This country hasn't acted Christian in a long time. Yeah, it's multicultural, it actually. It's a lot of different religions here right. that, yeah, yeah. that brings a lot of Muslims too, Muslims wisdom. Too. Mm-hmm. The Muslims, too. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're Muslims here. They're Hindus here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's all kind of people Buddhist. here. Yeah. There, there, there are many, many, many people here from different religions. But the basis of this country has been Christianity. That's not true. The founders were not Christian. <laughs> Some of them didn't believe at all in that. That's true. That's true. Uh, that's true too. What you're saying is true. But, but, but I get your point, you know, though. Yeah. It was imposed on most of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. So most of us. There's <laughs> not. All right. Okay. Um, but the Native yeah. Americans were not Christians, but they 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 believed in the higher God. Right. They believed in the Great Spirit. In spirituality. Yeah. Great spirit, but yes, we. I, I think it's a great spirit, Jesus. Yes. You know? mm-hmm. but, we, uh, we do. We do appreciate your call. We do. Unfortunately, we do have other callers that we have yes, to take. Yes, but okay. but thank you. Talk on that point. Okay, Keep on talking on that point. We will. The living way. Andrew Carnegie gave his money away after he finished. You know, but but a lot of people died building that and that railroad. Okay. That's right. Okay, yeah. uh, I'm going to leave you now. All right, thank you. Have a good day. I'll be continue listening. Yes, okay. Thanks. All right, uh, caller, you're on air. Hi, good morning. This is Simon from Lakeland. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, boy, have times changed. I remember when I was making a dollar eighty-two an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I remember when my student loans in dental school. While I was in dental school, was fourteen percent. I remember driving a Dodge mm. Hornet for one hundred and twenty-five dollars, and I remember living in the basement apartment with two other law students, and we ran out of heat, and it was fifty-five. Oh wow! Okay. Anyway, what definition is a livable wage? Livable. I grew up in a family with no credit card, no checks, ash. What's livable? Thousand square foot apartment, 
being able to go out to eat on the weekends. Very uh, we're looking yeah. at a lot of people who are being thrown out of 600-square-foot apartments. Yeah, so okay. we don't know what a livable wage is anymore. <laughs> yeah, they've been thrown out. It has changed. Well, you're, you're talking about livable just like you're talking about unions. Mm-hmm. And may I say, both of you do not have to answer. WMNF would never have a union if they don't have to. <clears throat> talk about unions. <laughs> Millenniums talk about unions. Let me call an Uber before I call a taxi driver who's part of a union because it saves me money. Mm Self-interest. Parties. Always voting for parties because we expect something in return. Didn't want to have a black woman, conservative, nominated by George Bush to be on the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. Parties. Wanted a black woman, Democrat. Parties. That's what drives our country. Why? Because we expect something in return for our votes. We have these stereotypes of who the other party is. They, them, not we. So anyway, I don't want to live in a country. Gentleman mentioned Marxism, page 24. Karl Marx, uh, Capitalist Manifesto, the elimination of private property. That would be terrible. So I don't think the gentleman knew what he was talking about. We live in a time of authenticity now. You have to be authentic. Back in the late 80s, there was an attorney at Harvard, Jack Greenberg, who was going to teach a course on civil rights. He had tried over 40 cases in front of the Supreme Court. He represented the legal counsel for the NAACP. Black gentleman, student, Mohammed Kenyatta, said, no, we can't have a white man teach a course on civil rights because he doesn't have the authenticity, doesn't have the experience of how we suffered. And so we can't have him teach that even though he was the most qualified individual in the country to have taught that course. So what they did at Harvard in the late 80s, they split it between a black professor and Jack Greenberg. That's where we're living at now. And if you would, excuse me, and if you would take a map out and look at a map and talk about slavery, look at the proximity of Brazil to the western coast of Africa, transatlantic. 5% of slaves came to the United States. The Brazilians were brutal. Why? Because they could, they felt, because they could easily reproduce the numbers that they needed because the proximity was much shorter to go to the western side of Africa than to have slave ships come all the way to the United States. So when we talk about slavery, please, let's be binary. Let's not talk about just American slavery, unless you don't care about the black slaves that went to Brazil or Mexico, Puerto Rico, what have you. So I, And the other thing is, I don't want to live in a world of quotas. And I sense that's where we're going. Uh, it's unfortunate that we have to check a box to bring an individual in because we feel that that individual is going to represent an experience. I'll give you just a quick example, very quick. <clears throat> if you have a black man marry an Asian woman and they have a child, and the black man previously was married to a black woman and had two children. And all three of those children, two black children from the previous marriage and the Asian child from the new marriage, if they were all applying for Harvard Law School, the Asian child of the same family would have twice as hard a time to get into Harvard Law School than her brothers and sisters. I don't think 
that that bodes well for the direction we are going in this country. Because if that were the case, why are millions of people who are black coming to this country? If we are such a systemic racist country, why are people trying so hard to come here? Why? Because of opportunity. And we can change things. We have a history of changing things in this country. Yeah, we still have a lot of change that we have to do. So, well, society is always evolution, evoluting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, Evolving. not biological, yeah. but that, I mean mm-hmm. that you look at thousands of years. There's always been the fight for what people perceive as justice. So, my question then is: How will we know when we reach the point? Where you have this cosmic justice, you have this utopia, you have this. <laughs> I don't know if we we're trying we're to never, find utopia. Yeah, <laughs> it's a constant battle. It's a yeah, constant we're fight. No, we're not. We're never going to get to that point. But okay, I think so. so we're always going to have affirmative action. <laughs> we're always going to have "quote unquote" redistribution of wealth, which is politically social justice. Tell me when you may have to. Happen. Yeah, you just may have to. It's, it's a, gonna it's be a, a constant time. fight. Yeah, it's a long time. We're going to have to fight for it. But I think at some point we, I don't know if, what was that word he used again? <laughs> Sorry. Affirmative action. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if we're ever going to get, well, get you, there. You but know, when you Utopia, have, that's what you did. Okay, yeah, when utopia. You, when, you, when you're an employer, uh-huh. and I'm, I'm an employer, I've been an employer okay. for years. Mm-hmm. When you're an employer, the one thing you... I'm saying you, the proverbial you, the Mm -hmm. kind you, is that when people retire and they get their check, Social Security, their employers had paid 7.65% into their retirement. Mm -hmm. That's called FICA and Social Security. And and then you have Medicare. So the employer is paying 7.65%. Of your retirement funds. I don't think employees even think about that. Oh, they so think about they it. Do, they think about <laughs> it. Trust, Trust me. me. They have. And they look for the money after they've, they've been yes. fired or moved on. <laughs> They're only putting in 7.65 themselves. If, yeah. you, if you raise the minimum wage from 15 to 20, the employer has to pay more FICA. The employee has to pay more yeah. FICA. You know who gets hurt yeah. the most? Ooh. Okay, well, yeah, there's always going to be... Uh, no, you know who gets hurt the most? Who? Who gets hurt? You have inflation, the elderly. <laughs> We're having inflation now. Yeah. Thank you for your call. We yeah, have to move on. We, uh, we can we can argue these points so, over and over again. But the bottom line is, if yeah. companies can pay exorbitant bonuses, mm-hmm. come on. They, can they don't pay have to put up a serious. fight when it comes to the workers. Yeah. People have got to live. So anyway, caller, you. Go ahead. you're on air. I think your mic's off. Oh, no, it's on. It's on. My mic's yes, on. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, let me take a sip of the tea right here. Okay, caller. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so this is Levi. Okay. You know where I'm at. Yes, I know where you are. And I heard um, the talk about inflation. Mm-hmm. And I heard the last conversation. And I was thinking, you know, if you're a capitalist bloodsucker, then the United States is the perfect place for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, he was the last call was talking about slavery and he's talking about immigration. And I was doing a little research, you know, around the area. And if you, you know, it's pretty easy if you get on a map and look at the houses and then you can um, pinpoint their location. And, um, the owners and everything, excuse me, I got a big plane going over my head. <laughs> and, you know, like, for example, you find out who owns that plane. And, uh, you know, do a little research, you know, and um, like in this area, citrus is big. And so, you know, you know the industry, you know that the citrus farmers rely on immigrant workers. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the immigrants don't get paid very much. You know, they come in on these they exploited. Yeah. And, um... You know, the last caller said he remember making a dollar an hour. I remember making 65 cents an hour. <laughs> so the thing is that, you know, it, 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 it's not really about, you know, is, some, is a human being owned. It's, it's really about 
what, what lifestyle are they being provided? You know, and, and what are they able to purchase with what income that they generate? <clears throat> and, and the purchasing yeah. power of the yeah. dollar, for example, you know, has to be taken into consideration. If, if you're talking about inflation and you're talking about the quality of the products and services that are available, um, when we have the crisis on the planet with the resources that's not going to seem to alleviate itself, um, you're, you know, you're having diminishing, um, you're going to have a, 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 a scarcity. And, you know, you, you know, they're trying to balance it out and, you know, um, you know, save the planet. It, it's not working because the, the, uh, the way they're going about doing it is they're building less quality products. You know, for example, the newer cars, you know, we've got one 2021. I, I joke to my wife, it's like a golf cart, you know? <laughs> It, it's, it's because like they use weaker steel plastic and i tell oh. them be careful because if you get hit in this thing it's you know it's over um so like the, you know the products are are and they're not lasting and you know, you had a you had a call a long time ago mobility this guy was like i think he was out of Polk County. i think he was a representative or something but he started getting into something and what he was getting at was um what they call um um a planned obsolescence. So like these manufacturers don't have to make the products to last. You just got to make them for people to buy. And this is the thing was, is that people have become consumers. And when you talk about the immigration, why are they being sold? Well, because they're seeing these big plantations and they're thinking, if I can get over there, that's right. the dream. You know, they're being sold on it. I mean, it mm-hmm. could be on a movie screen. Right. But as long as it looks better than what they have, they feel like it's achievable. Yeah, we transmit open for business. The U.S. is open for business all over the world. And yeah, I'll add one more story. Mm-hmm. I was doing my research, and I'm coming across this big, gigantic mansion on Lake Scoosbury out here and everything. So I look into it a little bit. I find the name. It's a Sean Miller. I'm thinking, John Miller sounds like a race car driver or something, you know? It's a real common name. So I do a little bit of research, and the uh, the uh, address associated with the uh, with the business was was one in a, a rundown manufactured home in West Virginia. And um, I thought, this is kind of weird, so I do a little research in that. And it's connected to two pill mills. Mm. So... This man owns a 10,000-square-foot house out here, Polk County, plush, Lake Eloise, for operating two pill mills. In, and I lived there. And <laughs> you don't know about West Virginia until you've been locked up in Welch. <laughs> but Madison, West Virginia, outside of Montgomery, and it's, it's basically what all they would call is trailers. And, so he was running um, a business out of a trailer, out of two trailers, but living in a he, big plush house. And, he's obviously making a point from mm-hmm. from rags to riches. The, you know, there's the American dream. And you can go on the website called Miller's Brothers Pharmacy and you see him, your local mm-hmm. pharmacist. But how many people have been incarcerated and how many people are incarcerated for small amounts of crack cocaine? So you want to talk about institutional racism and you talk about the United States? In the land of prosperity, there's some way you might want to start. Yeah. But the sad thing is, is that most of them people that are locked up for crack would trade places with him in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. They just don't really know how. <laughs> All right. Okay, so, Levi, thank you for thank your you. call. Um, you have a good day. And, All right, uh, I just wanted to comment. I think yeah, there's a bill in Florida mm-hmm. that is that purports to do away with... Uh, People's criminal past, who, mm-hmm. uh, especially on weed, it's if they got weed charges, and now that we're legalizing and we got uh-huh. dispensaries all over the state, then there should be a mechanism, by a roadmap, or a pathway for people who've had a past yeah. with weed charges to be to be dropped and expunged. So hopefully that yeah. bill is going to be worked on. I hope so. <laughs> Go all ahead. right, caller, you're on air. Hello. Yes, hello. Hi. Hi. 
just checking in. Great show. For those people who are, um, you know, sort of, they think they're, they're fundamentally opposed to what they call quotas, mm-hmm. just like to remind people that for close to 200 years and still right up through the 60s and the 70s, there, there were quotas as to who couldn't be where. Black folk mm-hmm. couldn't get mortgages. Mm-hmm. We put freeways. I grew up in Detroit, so I watched the freeways come in, mm-hmm. and I watched you know, the black and lower-income neighborhoods. They were just wiped off the map. Same thing is same thing is true in Tampa. Yeah, and, and so for all those people who think, look, anybody can make it if they just shut up and work hard. This is the <laughs> land of opportunity. Anybody who thinks that, I just point out that any one person can make it. And if you think that proves that everything's equal, you're not paying enough attention. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. People couldn't. They couldn't buy houses because they couldn't get mortgages. Right. They couldn't buy cars. People forget that Joe Lewis, you know, who took took a, a German boxer down at the beginning of World War II, he was an American hero. He was the most popular man in America. Mm-hmm. And in the 50s, when he had boatloads of money and no problems, no scandals, he couldn't get a Ford dealership. Wow. It went out. I mean, look it up. It's, you know, it's well-documented. This mm-hmm. is my idea. He couldn't get a Ford dealership because when they polled the dealers, they said, you know, owning a dealership isn't something that a Negro is capable of doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Made them feel better to say things like that. Yeah, yeah we forget all about that. <laughs> and look, I, you know, I, I got kids, and I'm lucky. I came up at a time when, you know, if you were white, you could fog a mirror, mm-hmm. and you went through law school. You were set for life. Okay, but, you know, I came to Tampa 26 years ago and, and, you know, just check it out. The Pomacea Country Club, if you were Jewish, I presume if you were black, you weren't getting in, period, full stop. You know, I have a Jewish friend in Tampa and, you know, that's just the way it was. Well, you know what? The way it was kind of traipses behind us. And, And if you think that, well, I'm not responsible for this. You may not to be to to be blamed for slavery because you weren't there, you weren't born, mm-hmm. but we are responsible for it. It's the same thing that the German society has said. Look, the current generation of Germans are not to blame for the Holocaust, but generally, generationally, they're responsible for it. And you know, once you get that. And you read, whether it's Dr. Kendi's or Dr. Wilkerson's books, and highly recommend Stamp from the Beginning by Kendi and Cast by Professor Wilkerson. Just, just it, at random, pick 25 pages from that book and read it. Hmm. And, then, and then see whether or not, if you think about it, it gives you pause to think about things like affirmative action and quotas. Which and, book again? Tell us the name again. Uh, cast by Wilkerson. Pass. No, cast. Yeah. Oh, cast. C A S T E. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And stamped from the beginning. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. a huge book, larded, littered with footnotes. I mean, you know, this guy's not a ranter. Yeah. He's, he's an academic. Yeah. Look it up. Instead of talking, read. Yeah. Instead of instead of talking, listen. Instead of this telescope in reverse notion of history, look at our history. Mm-hmm. People couldn't own property. They couldn't vote. If you were a woman prior to 1920, you were chattel. You were property, literally. Right. Um, and so, know, so up to this day, everything that's happened in the past has had an impact on where we are today. Yeah, on our yeah, present. And, mm-hmm. and people like, look, I got a son and a daughter. And I'll leave it at that. One is a card-carrying liberal like me, and the other is a rock rib Republican, and that's fine. They grew up in a household where people could discuss things. Mm-hmm. But when one of my kids says to me, well, I deserve it. I worked real hard. <laughs> hey, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute, dude. We always had two cars. We had plenty of money in the bank. 
And if you needed a tutor for something, for your differential equations or your calculus, you would have gotten one, right? Because mm-hmm. okay? all we had to do was stroke check. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but if, if you think anybody can make it. Right. That's um, not true. That wasn't true for me. It wasn't true for a lot of people. I couldn't even afford to get school uniforms for for physical education. <laughs> so, I mean, that shows the difference between what, uh, what a black family prioritizes right. and what a white family prioritizes. My family wasn't hearing it. Uh, listen, you know, I'm going to hop off because uh, okay. you guys have a, you have a great show. And, you know, when somebody comes on and they got one note to rant on, say thank you. We heard it. And get on to the next caller. Thank well, you. Well, thank you for your call. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll remember that. Okay. Uh, caller, you're on air. Yeah, Udo, this is life. Uh, that was really interesting. <laughs> uh, it's been an interesting discussion so far as well. I, I really want to say there are a couple of things that so I called to make a general announcement, but uh, there were a couple of questions, <laughs> or at least a question and a statement to which I must respond. There was uh, earlier on with this person who called and asked uh, you, Mabili, to answer why white people have such angst against Africans. Um, and the, the reality is, at least Amali Yusatella of the, the Children of the African People's Socialist Party and the African Socialist International and the leader of the African Revolution, International African Revolution, teaches us that uh, the, the world as we understand it, as we experience it right now, is a consequence of the colonial mode of production that began uh, when white people, Europeans, invaded Africa and uh, began to snatch African people and our material resources from uh, our, our homeland. And it's that colonial mode of production uh, which, let me say it differently or better, it's this uh, idea of racism, the white man, the black man, uh, and what have you, that serves as a superstructure or an underpinning for this colonial mode of production. Uh, and so that is the, the consequence. I think it was Ron, <coughs> Ron who probably asked that question, but mm-hmm. that's the consequence of, uh, of this angst. is the consequence of uh, what Ron described as angst is the consequence of the colonial mode of production. And we can't get away from that, even as this entire discussion uh, weaved through stuff like, uh, you know, abortion and minimum wage and livable wage and uh, 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 what is, I think they said capitalism, somebody said Marxism, all this stuff. You know, it, it, it all boils down to the colonial mode of production and the, the fact that we must overturn that. And the question. But I know the statement uh, that some that you know people keep coming, African people, black people keep coming to America because it's so much better to the United States because it's better because there's so much opportunity is is absolute uh, malarkey. The reality is, mm-hmm. African people and all other people who come to uh, this place uh, come because this. The United States stole all of their stuff and has hoarded the booty from uh, from every other place and people around the world for for centuries now. And so the United States has all our stuff. And, of course, you, you people need food, water, money, and the rest of it. And so they come to the place that got it. You know, like the guy who said, uh, why you rob banks? I can't remember his name. Uh, Willie Sutton. Yes, like, why you rob banks? That's where the money is. Yes. And so people come here not because it's, you know, it's so, uh, you know, because it's not a place of oppression. I mean, look at the, the prison system. You know, one in every eight people in the entire world in the jail or prison is an African uh, in, a, in a prison in the United States. So, you know, the oppression speaks for itself. So just the, the fact that people still need to eat and come to the oppressed the place where that leaves the world in oppression, that, you know, uh, because they also leave the world in stealing food and stuff, you know, doesn't uh, liquidate, uh, doesn't offset the other thing. Um, yeah, so just wanted to respond to that. The announcement that I want to make, though, is the king is back. Um, Life Malcolm and JB presents uh, uh, solo mics on April the 28th at the Tampa Improv. It's going to be an incredible spoken word experience with, uh, you know, a few surprises. And, you know, I really want to encourage people to come out. It's my first show in six years. Anybody who um, knows anything about Tampa Bay spoken word knows that nobody's done it. Nobody's done it 
longer. Nobody's done it better. Nobody's done it bigger. Nobody's done it more than I have, and at least in Tampa Bay. And so we're doing it again. I would really appreciate people come uh, and, and and help celebrate bringing culture back. Yeah, so, I, I just got I just got goosebumps. I remember the last time. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. So you know, people might know I stepped away. To, you know, I left my 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 seat atop the throne of uh, Tampa Bay spoken word to go sit in classrooms. <laughs> yeah. Well, and congratulations on on you bringing that back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. So I just wanted to you know invite people that people know that they should come and it's. Uh, uh, solonmics.com that's S-O-U-L-O-N-M-I-C-S dot com and okay. anybody who wants can reach me at 813-810-3582 I appreciate right. you allowing me to make that announcement check that out mm-hmm. solomikes.com yes. thank you life yes, thank, thank you, you. alright uh, we have caller number one you're on air hi it's me again oh Oh, Welcome hello. back. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah, Alfredo. Uh, uh, again, I, I greet you, Mobili, and I greet you, Mobiko. Yumiko, yes. Yumiko. Mobiko. You, you, Yumiko. Yes, that's my name. Yumiko. Yumiko. Thank you. I wrote some notes that I wrote, jotted down some things. Okay. Native American Society model for for democracy, the Holocaust. Understanding Racism is a book that was talked about by a gentleman on your station, an older gentleman who has a show. And uh, he talks about Marxism and he talks about uh, socialism and he talks about capitalism. He's on your station. Oh, you're talking about Richard Wolf, Probably. I think so. I'm not sure. I don't remember his name. The Economist. Get that book, Understanding Marxism. Mm Mm-hmm. Germany, Nazism, women, property, chattel, slavery, freedom, freedmen, Marxism and Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, Malcolm X, and Martin Luther King. Um, I took a course, Marxism and Christianity. We had to read books. um, It was a two term course. Um, Where did you take that course? Hobart and William Smith Mm -hmm. in Geneva, New York. Okay. Uh, before I transferred to Hunter College in the city of New York and took Afro-American studies, Afro-Caribbean studies, African studies, Puerto Rican studies, um, and uh, uh, <laughs> a minor in Spanish and, and history. Um, I started off in Hobart College in New York, and I took Spanish, conversational Spanish, intermediate Spanish, and Spanish literature. I took a biology course in plants and man. I thought I wasn't good in biology uh, until I came to Lakeland and, and went to Kaiser and took uh, a marine biology course, uh, which I did uh, sonar in the whale. Uh, and uh, I got an A+. Plus. Good. Uh, but... Uh, um, I want to talk about Marxism and Christianity. We're not going to have enough time. I know that's a very important subject, uh, but we're not going to have... That's very interesting, Christianity and Marxism, but we're yeah. not going to have enough time. Yeah, you'll have to call back another time and discuss okay. that. Okay, all right, all right. I studied dialectical materialism. That was so hard. Oh, my God. <laughs> I bet it was. It was interesting, though, I, We'd yeah. love to talk to you about that, though. I would. Right. Yes. <laughs> so I, I, all of those things I listed, uh, you know, uh, they might be topics that you might want to entertain mm-hmm. uh, pushing, uh, 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 talking about. Yes, yeah. we would love to have you on, you know, at, a, at another show, and we can right. we can discuss that with you. Okay, I'm just going to listen now. I'm not going to call back. Okay. <laughs> you have a good day. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, yeah, we the show goes off at ten oh one, but I guess we can. You have any thoughts on today's program? Yeah, There's so many, <laughs> so many uh, callers and comments. Yeah. what what is your thoughts? On I every- just oh. wished we had had a chance to talk to listen to the mm-hmm. union efforts, but I think we got a call. Go ahead. Yeah, we do. Okay, caller, you're on air. Hello. Can you hear us? You're on the Sunday forum. Hi. Uh, uh, yeah, you can. 
<laughs> we can't hear you. You need to. Do you have your window down or something? Oh, okay. How's that? Um, it, That's a little better. Yeah, it's a little better. What I wanted to say is that I checked out solomike.com, and uh, it, I think the uh, website is parked or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, I want to make sure that I get that that information so I can go. Um, is there another website that um, you could use or, or Facebook or something like that? Uh, no, unfortunately, we, I mean, he probably has it on, he, he might put it on Facebook. I, I really don't know. You could, put, you could try Sunday Forum. Yeah, try Facebook. Sunday Forum on, on, on our can. Facebook and see if it's there. Wonderful. Thank you, guys. I appreciate what you do. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank so you for long. calling. <laughs> Bye-bye. So, hopefully, so, I, I see the story is playing on the on the union efforts at Amazon, but I'm interested and curious to see if it's going to come to Florida. Yeah. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> now to thank you, everybody, for calling in for your comments. Uh, Walter will be back next week. You know, Mini Mobile, we had a wonderful time hosting yeah. the show. So, you know, we just hope that uh, you all have a good weekend. And thank you for yeah. listening to the Sunday Forum. And, and uh, if you have any issues you want to hear us discuss on the Sunday Forum, we're definitely amenable to that. Give us a call. You write us at DJ at WMNF.org or you could text us 239 I'm sorry <laughs> 813 833 is our text number here but thank you for tuning in 